Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our July 2017 CTSS quiz. July is the seventh month of the year, but if you're in academics, it's really the first month. So welcome all the new people, and let's get started. This patient presented with uh, chest pain and had trauma a month earlier. And the question is, what's the best diagnosis? Well, when you look at the images, you see what looks like a mass in the right mid-lung near the heart. But if you look at the mass, it's very well-defined, very sharply marginated, homogeneous, and low density. You know, you could think about a hamartoma, perhaps, and that's one of the choices. It's not a lung cancer, obviously, and it's not a sequestration. In this patient post-trauma, the patient was stabbed, had a big bleed in the chest. This is a hematoma. And remember, pulmonary hematomas can simulate lung masses. Usually you have a history of trauma. Sometimes the trauma is many years before. You know, with left-sided trauma and splenic rupture, you can have splenosis presenting as lung nodules. But this low density is really good for the diagnosis of a pulmonary hematoma. They can resolve over time, perhaps, but sometimes will stay at a set size and can be confused with a tumor. This patient had chest pain, and what's the best diagnosis? When you look at the axial images, you see a markedly enlarged main pulmonary artery, and right and left main pulmonary arteries are also somewhat enlarged, and there it is on the 3D. Look at the size of the main pulmonary artery. And this is a classic example, not of lymphoma, there's no nodes here. It's not Takayashu's, which give thickening of the vessel with narrowing of the lumen, and it's not a vasculitis, it's a pulmonary artery aneurysm. Now, pulmonary artery aneurysms are somewhat rare. They're congenital in about half the cases, and they're often associated with uh, congenital heart defects, including PDA, VSD, and ASD. They, as I mentioned, are congenital in half the cases, but can also be seen in pulmonary valve stenosis, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, Marfan syndrome, IV drug abuse, and certain vasculitis like Bichette syndrome. Uh, in general, clinical manifestations remain nonspecific. Sometimes it's an incidental finding on CT. Other times, dyspnea, chest pain, and palpitations can indeed occur. So it's a very variable appearance. Typically, surgery is the key management tool for these patients, though no absolute threshold is typically set. Some of the articles, like in Circulation, suggest that uh, operating on adults with a pulmonary trunk aneurysm over 5.5 centimeters, but that's something that really is uh, not a perfect uh, answer. Uh, people talk about it's enlarging over five millimeters in six months, presence of clinical symptoms, or other problems like that. So a very, very nice case. This example of a 40-ish-year-old female with a renal mass. And obviously, renal mass is the first thing we think about is cancer, but not every mass is cancer. And in this case, both on arterial and delayed phase imaging, you see a mass with ill-defined margins. It's kind of cystic, and there's minimal stranding around the kidney. Papillary renal cells are hypovascular, but this is more cystic, though you could think about a necrotic tumor. Clear cells are very vascular, and Bosniak cysts, if this was a cyst, you'd be thinking tumor. This patient had abdominal pain and fever, and the fever does help you. This is an abscess. And renal abscesses are not that uncommon. At times, they're undiagnosed, just like polynephritis can go undiagnosed. But this is a very nice example of a cystic low-density lesion, which was an abscess. Again, it can be challenging depending on the clinical history. 
30-year-old female with abdominal pain. What's the best diagnosis? Well, you see this vascular lesion within the liver. The liver is not cirrhotic. There's several low-density lesion components within this which actually measure fat. This appearance is not a hemangioma. Then you would see peripheral puddling and filling in. It's not FNH. That's more homogeneous. Um, not FNH. Also, FNH is a bit brighter. Could this be hepatoma? It could be. Again, hepatomas are more common in cirrhotic livers, but not necessarily. This is a hepatic adenoma. The lesions are vascular, but not that vascular. And again, the reason it could be hepatoma is because these lesions have that spectrum between uh, benign and malignant. And so if you said hepatoma, I couldn't say you were wrong. There are at least two lesions present here. It's a non-cirrhotic liver. You gotta be thinking about hepatic adenoma. This lesion eventually ruptured and bled. So a very, very classic case. Patient has right hydronephrosis. Why? Well, you look at the kidney, it's a dilated renal pelvis, dilated collecting system, but you can see where the UPJ is. Now, obviously I have delayed phase imaging and I can give you more imaging, but you can see here the patient has two right renal arteries. Oh yes, there's a circumaortic left renal vein, but it's the lower renal artery which cuts right across the pelvis. And this is a classic example of a UPJ obstruction. It's not reflux, it's not a distal lesion like a TCC, and it's not a past stone. Beautiful example of UPJ. And I wish I could show you more images, but two is what we give you. This is an interesting case, incidental adrenal mass. And you can see from the axial and coronal views, the patient has a vascular adrenal mass. Now, if this patient had renal cell carcinoma, I would consider it metastasis, but it's very vascular. And the only thing you could think about is a pheochromocytoma. Adenomas are not this vascular. Hematomas, not this bright. It's a great case because it makes the point that patients with pheos, although we like to think about hypertension, we see more pheos that are incidental findings than hypertension as a history. On further workup, this patient did have some syncopal episodes which matched the diagnosis, and this was resected and was a pheo. It also should be commented on that pheos wash out very quickly. If I showed you the late phase imaging, you would have had a 65% washout. But again, when something enhances above 110, and this goes to 170, it's going to be a pheochromocytoma until proven otherwise. Just a wonderful case. This patient was post-Wibble's procedure for pancreatic adenocarcinoma, and this is a follow-up study. You see a large lesion in the liver, but when you look, there's an air fluid level. There's also some fluid in the subhepatic space. We do not uncommonly see liver abscesses as a post-op complication. Again, air fluid level makes it very easy for an abscess. Sometimes abscesses don't have air fluid levels. Less than 20% in fact do. And particularly smaller abscesses can easily be confused with hypovascular metastasis. This case nicely also shows you the perfusion changes, the fluid fluid level, the air fluid level, as well as additional fluid uh, extending down near the inferior aspect of the liver. Just a very nice example. This patient had abdominal pain and has a splenic lesion. You can see a very vascular lesion on the arterial phase imaging which washes out and becomes isodense or at least homogeneous and less dense on venous phase imaging. 
Angiosarcomas are very rare. They'd be multiple lesions in the liver, and the liver would have a markedly abnormal enhancement pattern. Hamartomas are well-defined, typically hypovascular, and AVMs typically would show large feeding vessels, though pretty rare. This is the classic appearance for hemangioma. It's one of those splenic hemangiomas that behaves somewhat like a hepatic hemangioma. Just a very nice example. This is an interesting case. The patient had a chest CT on the lower scan. There was a mass in the retroperitoneum. And you can see this mass is pushing on the left kidney. At first glance, you might consider, is it coming from the left kidney? But no, it's pushing from the kidney. It's not a renal abscess. And the mass is well-defined, sharply marginated, and of low CT attenuation. Could it be lymphoma? Lymphoma, when treated, can be of low CT attenuation, but usually not one mass like that. Sarcoma, it could be. Sarcoma is usually a more regular, but it's a thought. But then you say, what about the low density? Well, neurogenic tumors, it's a great location for a neurogenic tumor right adjacent to the spine, and this was a schwannoma. Low-density lesions, paraspinal, pushing on the psoas or iliopsoas. you got to think about neurogenic tumors, and schwannoma was the correct answer in this case. This is an interesting case. Patient in abdominal pain, and you see a mass in the pelvis. If this was a female, you might think about a fibroid, but it's a male. You see the mass is well-defined, and it's near bowel. Interestingly, it seems closest to the patient's colon. Well, what could this be? It's smooth, it's a mass, it could be a desmoid tumor, it could be a gist tumor, it could be lyomyoma, it could be a lot of smooth muscle things, it could be large nodes, it could be a pheochromocytoma perhaps, though not a great location. Well, this patient went to surgery and this was a lyomyoma. Now you say, well, why isn't this a gist tumor? Because it was CKIT negative. So smooth muscle tumor is usually CKIT positive, then you're a gist tumor. If not, you're a lyomyoma. Based on the size, people will watch this lesion very carefully. They'll worry about recurrence. But the patient in negative nodes, negative liver, negative margins. So with that, I've showed you 10 amazing, unbelievable cases. This quiz, July 2017, can only be described in modern terms as huge. Enough said. See you next month.